0: Welcome to Be Lifted Up. Be Lifted Up with the Successpert, award-winning financial educator, wealth expert, speaker, and author Alfred Edmund Jr. and your co-host, life coach and author D. Marshall. It's Be Lifted Up. Be Lifted Up. How can we move from lack to abundance? We're talking about taking authority over our finances. You're listening to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. And I'm here with.
1: D.C. Marshall.
0: We'll be right back. Don't miss it.
1: It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I am D.C. Marshall, and he is
0: Alfred Edmonds Jr.
1: Stay right there. We'll be right back. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I am DC Marshall, and this is my co host,
0: Alfred Edmund Jr.
1: And on this show, we are talking about taking authority over our finances. How can you move from lack to abundance? How can you go from a base to abounding? That's what we're talking about. And we have a guest on um, this show, and actually, Somebody that I know I have learned um, a lot from. Well, actually, I don't know that I've learned a lot from, but I remember him dropping a major nugget some years ago when I went to a session he was doing, and it was so powerful. Um, so I'm excited about the show today. Alfred, you know our guest.
0: Yes, our guest today is a longtime friend of mine, a time friend of Black Enterprise. Um, and he's perfect for the show because he really is all about faith and finance. Um, We're talking about Ryan C. Mack, who's um, the author of a new book, Provisions for Abundance, a Christian's Guide to Money Management, Gratitude and Giving Back. Um, He's also better known as a financial educator and president of Optimum Capital Management. So, I mean, we're talking about taking authority over our finances. We have the perfect, perfect person to have that conversation with us today. So stay with us. You're listening to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life be lifted up, your guide to living an abundant life. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. with my road partner,
1: D.C. Marshall.
0: And we're here to talk about all things faith and finance.
1: Anything that is worth having is worth fighting for. Advancement is the key. Whether fighting working or just moving forward, being intentional in choices that lead to wise decision-making for positive financial outcomes is the difference between moving forward and stagnation. So um, we are talking about taking authority over our finances, taking authority and moving from lack to abundance and so alfred our guests on this show today is somebody that you know knows a lot about lack and abundance and moving and shifting from uh you know from one place to another so i want to just um you know i just i'm curious to hear from you on this topic of going from lack to abundance from a base to abounding and taking authority um what do you think we really need to hear from our guests today
0: well i think you hit the word that i think is critical intention intention
1: Mm -hmm. and when we
0: talk about financial education you you and i are both in a space where that's part of our work is part of our life and different you know different perspectives a lot of people focus on resources and information you can have the same resources and information two people can have the same resources and information and based on their intention we're talking about god-driven intention in our case yep the one person will still have a result that 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 is a result of lack and the other person will have result of abundance even though they have access to the same information Mm -hmm. so this idea of intentionality like you said uh, whether you call it fighting striving yeah believing the works that have to go with the faith (laughs) in order for the works not to be dead um this is is what I think is the key message. And I think our guest today, who who I have known for a long time, is a good friend, Ryan C. Mack. He's the president of Optimum Capital Management, but he's also the author of a brand new book, an excellent book, Provisions for Abundance, A Christian's Guide to Money Management, Gratitude, and Giving Back. And and Ryan, I'm going to let you talk more about what the book is about, but just to summarize it, this is literally a day-by-day, scripturally-driven book to help you work through the year um, with the word of God supporting you but with some practical, actionable things you can do to move from lack to abundance and to change your mindset as well as change your financial outcomes. Did I do a good job, Ryan?
2: Man, I, I really appreciate you, my brother. How are you, you doing, my sister? I want to just say I thank you all um have me on the show this evening, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to just uh, have a great conversation. I admire the work you all have been doing for years upon years upon years, so the community has definitely been blessed by the contributions that you all have been providing consistently. So I thank you all for that. Well, we're, this is
0: a show about faith and finance. So, you know, when you told me about this book, I was like, "Oh, we got to get you on the show." Mm. But, but often, and and you know, you and I've had private conversations on this topic. People don't automatically, what well, our audience does, because they're here. But people don't automatically make that connection between you being a financial professional, an accomplished one, a financial educator, but then a a, a true person of faith who really you know in, integrates that to what you do, um, professionally and personally. Talk about that walk um, um, and why that is really a necessary mindset to to move from lack to abundance.
2: Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm saved, sanctified, and Holy Ghost, you know, <laughs> uh, for, <laughs> for a long time since 96.
1: OK, Bishop. OK.
2: <laughs> and uh, so this has been my walk since uh, in February 1996 when God called me to him. So um, it really has been all about, for me, um, as I started to recognize the the, the the true purpose of life, which really is all about being a blessing to others. And when you're talking about how finance relates to that is uh, managing your money to put yourself in a better situation so you can be a more effective blesser to other individuals. Madam C.J. Walker said it best. Uh, the more money I make, the more people I can help. And it's it's hard to help people if you got bill collectors calling you every day. It's hard to help people if you're struggling from check to Tuesday. It's hard to check people. I mean, keeping up with the Joneses keeps people broke. So it's hard to keep uh, trying to, and even the Bible says those who compare themselves with those who commend themselves are without understanding. So we can't, if we're going to have effective understanding about our own walk, we can't compare it to what other folks are doing. It's about what your lane is, walking your walk with God. So at the end of that road, being like Elijah, the by breathing breath into the widow's child and making sure we can help folks to really uh, just get a get a leg up, and f- folks need help. This is a pandemic we're going through right now, and um, I talk with people every day. And home care workers—we just finished a workshop with them. Uh, those are of, for of recent re- returning citizens. Just did a couple of workshops with them last week, and these folks, uh, even before the pandemic, are uh, have been struggling. And uh, I-, I realize the better off I am, I can be a better service to them, which we're all here called to be uh, to be of service to other individuals. So talk talk more about.
0: I mean, I, I know your story because you know. We're, again, we're good friends. But talk about the things that you are doing, that, um, the things you've done um, in this area of financial education. Um, you know, whether you're working with your your firm, you know, back in the day with wealthy individuals, right. or the work you're doing now, you know, with AARP and other organizations to really you know bring this message home and, and help people to get to to be a blessing to others.
2: Well, bottom line is this: is we have a uh, three hundred twenty billion dollar revenue uh uh elephant on our backs of the communities, payday loans, check cash, title loans, cash advances, rate, refund anticipation loans, rental weave stores, uh, not including another $70 million in lotto tickets that are being sold where people have more faith and luck than what God has put on the inside of them to be successful. So in order for us to really effectively integrate into our communities, we have to use technology, uh, which what we have using various platforms of technology. Uh, to get and to scale, have a scalable uh, uh, process to being able to uh, have a transformation and a renewing of our minds, as he says in the word of God, to get, you have to get to the minds first before you can renew them. So we're uh, in prisons, obviously not as much now uh, 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 in COVID, mm-hmm. but uh, we're using technology to, to help individuals who are returning citizens, uh, working with those individuals who are veterans. Uh, we just finished another workshop that we, we're putting together uh, uh where we'll be doing that on November 9th, work with those who are, are veterans, work with those individuals who are home care workers. Well, with the ARP Foundation, 58,000 is home care workers in the city of New York uh, uh, are essentially earning between 20 and $30,000 a year. I mean, that sounds like a lot in some cities, but in city of New York, 20, 30 grand, is not a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. So we're really helping them to make sure they can, uh, uh, again, manage their resources more effectively, Find ways to create more capital to keep their roof over their head, pay their bills more effectively. Uh, we do a lot of work with gang members. I've been working with gang members now, going on, I mean, man, at least uh, at least 20 years, uh, where we go into the communities, a lot of Bloods, a lot of Crips, Latin Kings, especially out here in the in the Brooklyn area, um, where we work with them to make sure they can get a more legitimate way of of lifestyle. And the only reason we're able to do this, and again, uh, most of the stuff we got, I had a nonprofit for a little bit, but most of the things I'm doing out of the for-profit and most of the folks that I work with, we work with because we have our own businesses. Right. And because we have our own businesses, we can then turn around and help other individuals to help them start their own businesses. So it really is a level of, we talk about financial literacy. Again, the best blessing is to be a blessing to others. So um, I'm no good if I'm struggling with finances myself. So I need to put myself in a better situation to help that blood, that crip, that youth aging out of foster care where I'm finishing the curriculum and with the, with those individuals and releasing that and sitting in the state of Michigan, real excited about that. Probably starting next month. So it's a lot of blessings to be given out as long as you live up to God's potential in you, and that's the purpose of it. It's not about self fulfilling purpose. It's about what can we do to help other people have an easier path.
3: Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network
1: You know, Ryan, what's the what do you think is the biggest um, miss in terms of education around finance? So, because you work with youth, you work with gang members. Because I mean, you said uh, healthcare workers, uh, yeah. you know, teachers, educators. You work with so many uh, people in different with different backgrounds and experience levels. What would you say is the biggest miss in terms of why our people struggle?
2: Um, financially, well, I, I guess from the um, from the educator perspective, I'll say uh, a lot of us we have to realize that I'm not always the best carrier of the message, um, and we have to reach with more people to hit to reach more. Like sometimes people think that it has to be me. Like I, I work with so many folks: Dorothea Kelly, uh, Lynette Kelfani Cox, Dekat Timmons. These are people that have amazing methods and an amazing abilities to connect with people uh manuela king fay these are folks that have the, so we you have to reach you have to be not as so narcissistic to believe that you're the only one that can deliver a message to people to reach these people mm-hmm. so i mean i might reach out to them but sometimes i bring other sometimes i have the other gang members reach them uh and and teach them in order to have them deliver the message the peer-to-peer-based pedagogy is one of the most effective means of being able to effectively empower other folks from the, edu- from the being educated side, the student side, I do believe it's really a lack of understanding. Uh, I think the lack of exposure to what is possible. I mean, mm-hmm. I-, I can't tell how many gang members have said this to me, Ryan, the only, and, they, and we have very candid conversations in places where, don't tell my mother that I go, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, I'm trying
1: to figure out where's Ryan being these gang members? <laughs> like, I can come to the office or like.
2: No, nah, we, well, we just. I mean, some, it's in the hood, you know, you work in the hood and, you know, you talk to these folks and, um, you know, I have different groups that I work with and they're all very um, uh, connected. Um, uh, one place down in, in Bushwick uh, that we go. And so uh, it, it, you just, you just get connected and you just, you just it, just, it just happens. It just comes together when you get in the flow, but um, you really, they just, it's this lack of exposure. They say things like Ryan, I see somebody wearing this fur, I think I can feed my child, you know? And so the, the biggest reason that many of them are in very, and I'm not, I hope I'm, hopefully I'm not trying to sound as if I'm being, I'm classifying or stereotyping because uh, I'm really, I'm really trying not to, but I have met individuals who look at individuals who have nice things and they realize, I don't know how to get these things myself. So therefore, if I take that nice thing, I'll be able to take it and sell it and feed my family. So at the end of the day, the the the, the goal is not to to terrorize your community. The goal is to feed the family, right? Mm-hmm. So if the goal is to feed the family, we just have to expose them to other means of being able to earn a living. And mm-hmm. so working with organizations like Brooklyn Educational Opportunity Center uh Evers College, where for a brief time I was the chair of the foundation, Education Foundation there, to HPD, different certifications that are uh, individuals that are giving out these certifications and classes and training, um, and then then educating about financial literacy and really just working with them. I mean, there are so many predators in our communities that have become a steadfast component of our communities. The pawn shop is the new bank in many parts of the hood of the hood, where uh, you get, you know, and uh, then Detroit, American Jewelry and Loan, if you saw the the, the Hardcore Pawn show with Less and Seth, they get a 1,000 customers every single day. Um, That's become the new bank in many parts of the hood because a lot of folks are not familiar with the traditional banks. And they become comfortable with seeing these pawn shops as gold stores at the corner store. I can cash a check and pay 1% to 5%. So they they have done a yeoman's job of integrating into our communities and exploiting what we don't know. If anything that you don't know, there's someone to make money off of it. So what I, I'm saying is that how can we then integrate knowledge and then take that lack of exposure towards a and a more effective means of putting food on your table and the roof over your head and, and sustaining yourself and then feeding your family. That's, we can, we can do that through technology, but we have to be aggressive in, in doing so. And we doggone, so we just had an election. We don't need to wait for elections, folks. Listen, I get so frustrated because every year we wait for who's going to be elected. I'm very involved politically. I I mean, I vote and I campaign, but that's not the the, the end all be all. Mm -hmm. It really is more about what what y'all talk about all the time is what can we do? Mm -hmm. And we don't have to sit on the sidelines for this stuff no more, folks. Let's get
0: active. You know, let's hold that thought. We're going to be right back because we want to talk about solutions. And we really want to get to the heart of your book, which really is a great guidebook to get from. A Lack Mindset to Abundant Mindset. You're listening to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. We'll be right back.
1: Hey, this is D.C. Marshall from Be Lifted Up. This is a show about faith and finances and everything to live an abundant life. We'll be right back. back. This is Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. This is a show about faith and finances and how we live and step into an abundant life, which I love this conversation. Um, The word of the Lord says in John 10, 10, the B clause, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And um, just the word and the command and the idea that God Uh, gives us permission to have a rich and rewarding life, not necessarily material things, but rich in in all things in life. So I love this conversation. Um, But I want to share this before we get into the book, Ryan. I was at a workshop that you did maybe, oh my goodness, it had to be seven, 10 years ago. And you said said two things. It was so powerful and, and I'll never forget it. One was um, you broke down why parents should not pay for their children's college tuition. I think that was you. It was somewhere in Harlem and it was a workshop and it was... Powerful about shifting the mindset. Cause I remember never having heard that. And I remember knowing that black people we, our, our pride and joy is in sending our children to college. And so Ryan, I remember many years ago, hearing you share at a workshop mm-hmm. um, about why parents should not either pay for their children's tuition or sign or take out a loan for their children's tuition, that the kids should take out the loan. And I don't know if that's what you shared exactly, but can you, do you remember that? And is that one of your principles? And if so, can you talk a little bit about just shifting the mindset of of that idea?
2: Well, that's a a, a very common principle uh, with a lot of uh, finance, I guess, folks, is that When you put yourself in so much debt, especially at an older age, and you have a limited limited lifespan, okay, your lifespan versus putting money into retirement. I mean, uh, individuals 50 years old, 60 years old, those funds, especially if you're living off of a fixed income, your children have a lot longer uh, runway in order to be able to pay those loans off. So the parents need to be worried about, OK, if, any, if anybody needs to have a, a, to get a life a, a life preserver, it's the parent to making sure that they can more effectively prepare. And it's hard to do that if you're saddled with a whole lot of debt dealing with retirement. So by shifting more of the onus on, this, on the children, and there's other things like FastWeb, FastWeb.com, mm-hmm. I think Scholastic.com, um, I went to school free. My mother a very intelligent woman. When I was 11 and a half years old, started to get a job as a caddy because she knew that they gave out the Evans scholarship. So, uh, uh, and I went to school, the University of Michigan, all expenses paid because she did the research well in advance, knowing. Uh, and then there's other things like 529 plans, um, um, different savings plans. Uh, for helping individuals to more effectively put money into schools, and then we we're also advocates. We just started a program a couple of months ago, uh, where we we restarted. We've done a lot more before, but because of Zoom, we're able to have more family power programs. We're talking about going to school. How can we start to learn how to create our own internal scholar, family scholarship funds, so we can pull together resources from family members, um, and amongst other things. I mean, many families and uh, family members are losing jobs. They have businesses that need support. They have kids that they would like to go to school. Just rank them in terms of their age. Okay, little Johnny's five. That's okay. She's, Sarah's eight. Okay, uh, uh, Susan is 12. Okay, so she's got six years. Okay, so we, let's start putting money into these 529 plans, to this college, and these savings plans where we start pulling uh, pooling our resources more effectively and, uh, and helping to all share the burden and then getting tax breaks for it. 529 plan, put money into it, you get a tax break. As long as the funding goes towards college expenses, you get the money paid. It's tax-free as it grows. So we have to start being more. And now, um, especially now, community colleges, a lot of my mentees, I'm suggesting going to local community colleges and then transferring those credits over after two years to a four year institution. I had a good buddy of mine, Amin Irvin. He went to Michigan Business School with me. And but for the first two years, he went to a local community college in Lansing, transferred into the number one business school in the country. Now he's balling um, with a little bit of, with half the amount of debt that he would have had. So there's different ways that we can try to figure out how to save to go to college, uh, school, save for school effectively without saddling people who are 60, 65 in there. What we call distribution stage you got accumulation stage, you're young, conservation save, you're saving middle age. Distribution, you want to take that money and start uh, having a fixed sum over the, over your period of, of life for your retirement age. It's just not it's not wise to saddle yourself with a whole lot of debt when the student the, the youth is more effectively able to do it. And then other things like make sure you fill out your FAFSA on time and uh, all, uh, make sure you don't have assets in your college and your students and you don't have assets in this in your child's name. If you have assets in your child's name. The financial aid department deducts it, they assume that as much as 20 to 25% of those assets are going to go to college, as opposed to holding it into your parent, into having those assets in the parents' name, they will only assume between about 5% is going. So a child is penalized more heavy, heavier if they have additional assets. So it's great to put things in a 529 plan where you're they're the beneficiary, but the the the, the, the adult. Is the fiduciary and in control of the ownership of the money, so different things like that we talk about. I don't, I don't know if that answered the question or not. Well, that, that was
0: the word, man. Oh. So, <laughs> so, let's talk about why you wrote the book and what the book is yeah. supposed
2: to do. Well, I mean, God told me to write it, so um, and we're talking
0: provisions for abundance,
2: yeah. It, it was a, a, a labor of love, um, it took about two years to write. Uh, the other book, Living in the Village, I wrote in like three months. Hmm. Um, I've been giving that workshop for so long, it just just regurgitated, but this one was definitely not that. It was a, a struggle. God said, You got to 365. Like I said, What about 30? What about 50? What if I just stop at 100? He said, No, nah, no, nah, bro, you got to do 365. Wow. Um, um, where every single day, because uh, the, the ultimate goal is how can we create a habit, Christ like habits? And the, the best way to have a Christ like habits is to send people to Christ and have a stronger relationship. With Christ, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily about memorizing verses, it's more about how do we develop a relationship. The relationship stems from really spending time in the word, and it's almost like a, a like guy got to me by almost fooling me by thinking I'm gonna read it, learn about money. Next thing you know, I'm reading the Bible because like, I was exposed to so many great authors Larry Burkett, Ron Blue, Howard Dayton, uh, Randy Alcorn, um, Dick Brucette, and all these very great authors who Lee Jenkins who write from a biblical perspective uh, about finance. And I'm thinking I'm reading about money. Next thing you know, I'm reading the Bible. And so there's so many great tools and and tips in the Bible. And so God said, every day, you're going to have a topic. You're going to have some word, uh, a scripture that relates to the topic. Mm -hmm. You write about it. And then you have uh, a couple of scriptures that can support it. And then you have a financial tip that goes along with that day. So every day is almost like a a, a mini speech in and of itself. Ideally, you read it in seven minutes or less. But the ultimate goal is that once you read it, you read the, the scripture, you get that financial tip, you apply it. But then all of a sudden, you start reading other scripture. All of a sudden, you start reading a little bit more time in the Word because you start seeing, okay, let me go back to the beginning of Joel. Now, wait a minute. Let me go back to the to the end of, of, of Revelation. Let me go back. So all these different things that I found, if you start reading the Word, God will start directing you and having a stronger conversation. We want to have a conversation with God. Manages his resources effectively and ultimately figuring out how we can be a better blessing and giving back to our surrounding community. Um, if we can do those three things, I think we can have an economic revolution. And I do believe there could be a Christ led economic revolution.
0: You know, you, you stressed, um, of course, money management, which is what people would expect mm-hmm. up, you know, from a book that's about abundance and money, even if it's a faith driven book. But you also stressed gratitude and giving back. Yeah. Talk about that as part of the larger equation of what it means to, to think abundantly. I mean, even the theme right. you know.
2: well, when you give, there's a mindset that goes along with giving that uh, from a I'll talk about from a, a, a secular perspective uh, or more of a logical. If, if someone comes up to you and asks you to borrow a dollar and you grab onto that dollar as if this is the last dollar you're ever going to be able to earn in your life. Then what does that say about your confidence and your ability in your in your own earning potential? Because you're holding on to that money like I can't give you this money because I'm never going to be able to earn another one. Um, so, but from a uh, from a scriptural biblical perspective, the word says, "Freely you have received, freely you shall give." So if we can give to, to others and help more people, um, then we should also be having a level of gratitude for the things that God has given to us. And I mean, it's a you know for Christmas time every year I I just remember going downstairs and just thinking about all these gifts under the tree. And I remember looking at the gifts and just growing up and seeing that image. And even we didn't have a lot of money when my mother was on welfare, she could only spend $5, but she decorated it in such a way that made it look like it was just a whole lot there. And it was only like a $2 toys that we played with. It It was the greatest thing, but the image, it felt good. To to receive that right, it felt good to have those gifts. It felt so. It's like, wouldn't we want other people to feel that way? Like, don't we want to have others to fi- have that feeling, that same level of gratitude to say, "Man, thank you, God, for just giving this to me. Thank you for for blessing me today." And it's it's and as God works through us as we become vessels in His in His will, we can do just that. And what happens is that as we give gratitude and start giving towards others, sometimes money gets in the way and it's a roadblock, it's an obstacle as opposed to an opportunity. And so, I don't want it to be an, opp- an obstacle for anybody. Let's remove that obstacle, help you learn how to manage these resources effectively so you can then focus on what God has called you to do, which is your purpose on this earth. And if you can do just that, then, um, man, that love, that feeling of gratitude that you receive. You can give towards others. And that homeless person, that youth aging out of foster care, that veteran, that returning citizen, man, they could just feel like, man, thank you, man, for just helping me today. And it could become more ingrained into our culture to have that level of giving and gratitude all together.
1: Well said. Well said. And I think on that note, we will take a break and we'll be right back. We are here with Ryan Mack and uh, I am DC Marshall. He's Alfred Edmund Jr. And this is Be Lifted Up. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I am D.C. Marshall, and he is
0: Alfred Edmund, Jr.
1: Stay right there. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I'm here with D.C. Marshall. I'm Alfred Edmond Jr. And listen, the time we have left, we really want to get some great takeaways. And I'm looking at your book, um, Provisions for Abundance, on page 93, um, you talk about responsible giving. Um, if the goal is of giving is to help, creating another dependent is not helping. Um, t- tell me what that means in terms of tips you can leave with our audience, takeaways that they can take away from this uh, this great conversation.
2: Well, I mean, uh, responsible giving means that you want to give in such a way that you don't make them depend. I mean, the, the ultimate goal is dependent on God and not on you. To be a responsible giver means... Uh, I'll give a brief example. Uh, a couple of gang members asked me to borrow hundred dollars. I said, I'll give you a hundred dollars. It said, What? I said, yeah, I'm gonna give it to you. So I said, Well, I want you to go to witch.com and create a website for your business. One did graphic design, another one did videography. I want you to go to BELC and fill out the GED program. I want you to go to Ink It Now and print out the page on starting your own business of the uh, so you can incorporate your company. Then I want you to come to my event. I want you to film it and i want you to help me create the flyer for it and so they did all of that they helped me they one filmed it the other one created a flyer for it and then at the event i gave them a hundred dollars and so that is me a means that now one they they had they they don't have to ask me for more money because they have their own business and we're putting it in a position where of empowerment where it's not just about just giving out we're empowering them that now they can go out and do it for themselves
0: yeah, because all being given is about creating dependency, and we want to create independency. Exactly,
2: exactly. Well,
0: thing. Exactly. No. Listen, you have, you have any more tips before we let you go, man?
2: Well, no, I mean, just uh, we're telling everybody right now, we're giving away free workshops to all churches. So we're, I'm doing workshops every, single, every other day. Where can
0: we find you? What's the best way to connect with you?
2: Email is my best way RyanCMAC at gmail.com. RyanC's and M-A-C-K at gmail.com. Just say we got a group of folks at the church want to teach and uh, we're working with the ARP Foundation. They're uh, bringing it home. So we're doing all free workshops and getting folks to sign up for my savings jar and just uh, helping folks out free of charge.
0: Listen, man, we really, really appreciate you taking time to be on this show. Everybody, please make sure you get your copy of Provisions for Abundance, a Christian's Guide to Money Management, Gratitude, and Giving Back. Thanks, Ryan.
1: Appreciate it. They're good Christmas gifts. Get that for a Christmas gift.
0: No doubt. No doubt.
2: Thank you. Appreciate (laughs) you. Appreciate you.
0: So, D, another great show.
1: Awesome. You know, that book, it's so thick. I'm like, wait, did he write the Bible? look hold up that book Yeah,
0: God told him 365 he said not 15 or 30 or 60 yeah but literally it, but it's very you know it's very readable I mean like you said 7 to 10 minutes a day it is the kind of thing where you can work your way through it and that's, that is kind of important but yeah it's its a it's like a money bible it's like oh, an abundance our, bible
1: yeah yeah that's our show for uh, for today tonight the morning wherever you are good morning Good night, good evening. Our show is complete. My name is DC Marshall, and he is Alfred Edmond Jr. And this is Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. Take care.
0: It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to Living an Abundant Life.
3: Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network. shocking the heck out of everybody the legendary unky divas in vogue this topic is
1: girl groups in the industry
3: to syndicated broadcast personalities lonnie love and Dee, Dee mcguire as well as an array of experts and activists mocha podcast network a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.